the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. is the Nick D Podcast. I'm your host, Nick DeGilio. How are you doing? It's episode 133 here on a Tuesday. If you're listening to it on a Tuesday, it's a Tuesday. If it's not a Tuesday, it's not a Tuesday when you're listening to this. There's no, there are no fast and hard rules on when you listen to this. It might be six years from the day I'm recording this that you're listening to this. So it's a Tuesday somewhere in the world. <laughs> Where I am right now, it's a Tuesday. How are you? Hey, uh, coming up on uh, the uh, podcast, it's the Nick D Podcast. Uh, man, I'm very excited. Uh, WWE legend Al Snow is going to join us. One of the best and most hilarious pro wrestlers in the history of the medium. Uh, worked behind the scenes in many different companies. Uh, was in front of the camera for many years. Held the uh, tag team titles with uh, the wonderful Mick Foley, Mankind. Um, Al Snow was a was a, a superstar during the extreme and the attitude era of WWE. Um, has been a trainer, has been a booker, has done everything in the wrestling business, and now he's also funny as hell, and he's doing some comedy, and he will be appearing at Zany's in Old Town right here in Chicago on Saturday, April 29th at 4 p.m. for his hilarious uh, show that he tours with. So the great, the legend, if you are a pro wrestling fan, you're in luck. Because the great Al Snow is going to join us. And then the great Esmeralda Leon is going to join me, as she does on every episode. And my dad's going to call in. Or call in. It's not, he doesn't call. He comes to the house, actually. He bothers this woman. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. As you know, Carrie Russell lives on my back porch. Uh, but anyway, so my dad's going to come in, tell a joke, because it's Tuesday morning. Esmeralda and I are going to do a magic megaphone uh, request. Uh, and uh, we will also talk about bad solutions to uh, problems. You know, we've been trying to talk about this topic now, literally for three for three episodes, and then we just have so much fun talking about other shit that we kind of forget to get to it because that's me and Esmeralda. We just love talking to each other, and we have a great time, and, and I get a lot of feedback about how much people love to hear Esmeralda and I just riff. And so sometimes we'll bring stuff up, we go down a wrong avenue, and then we end up going, oh, man, we blew a whole bunch of time, didn't even talk about it. Well, at some point we'll get to bad solutions to problems. Uh, and that'll be coming up as well. Hey, we want you to be a part of this podcast. It's real easy to do. If you got an, uh, you want to advertise with us, if you have a product that you would like to advertise, we reach a lot of people. So it would be very, very, very smart of you to advertise with us and very, very cool uh, if you did that. We would love it. Be a sponsor. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. You want to be a part of the podcast for the Nick D Podcast? Leave us a voicemail. Voicemail messages are open to the public, to everyone, and anywhere, anytime, 24-7. Leave your voicemail anytime you want. 773-417-6948. You can also leave your megaphone request there, too, if you want me to speak something into a megaphone, be it an inside joke or a proclamation or a statement or a line from a movie or a lyric from a song. Whatever it is, I will grant your magic megaphone wish. People love this uh, this little megaphone request thing, and we do it all the time, and you know, 
you, you will you will be uh, you will be granted your megaphone wish if you uh, leave it on voicemail or leave it on an email, which we also encourage. We read every email, we listen to every voicemail, we read many emails on the podcast, and, and play back a lot of the voicemails too. So anytime, make sure that you know that you are heard. Nick D Podcast at Gmail dot com. Nick T Podcast at Gmail dot com. Voicemail seven seven three four one seven six nine four eight. Jason Skaggs does all the music and the themes that you hear on this podcast, and Ed is my main man at uh, Radio Misfits, and you should check out all the other great podcasts on this network, radiomisfits.com. Rate and review us on every single platform that you listen to us on. Give us feedback. We want to hear back from you. Um, And uh, check out Radio Misfits. Lots of incredible podcasts, very entertaining, very informative, very funny, really, really cool. One of them I host. I host another podcast that you should check out if you're a fan of Saturday Night Live. You should check out my podcast called That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast. Uh, and uh, I deep dive into episodes and seasons and cast members, and I have guests, and it is everything celebrating the greatness of the best sketch comedy show of all time, Saturday Night Live. If you're an SNL fan, you must subscribe. So there you go. That's all the cool stuff that's happening on Radio Misfits, on the SNL podcast, and on this podcast, the Nick D podcast. Also, we do live shows, and you got to get your butt out. The next one we're doing is in May. We do it once a month. May 16th at Zany's in Rosemont. That's our home base, one of the coolest comedy clubs in the world. Really easy to get to. It's in Rosemont, right off the expressway there. Uh, free parking. It's located with a, within spitting and walking distance of great bars and restaurants, so you can have a nice dinner or have some drinks and make a whole night of it. You have drinks while you're at the show. Uh, Zanies, it's where we do our live podcast, the Nick D podcast live. It's what you hear on this podcast, only uh, funnier and crazier and interactive. You win prizes. Um, it's really, really great. And we have regulars who come out, a whole bunch of regulars who come out every month. We want you to be a regular and bring your friends. Let's pack the place on Tuesday, May 16th. Um, Esmeralda will be out of town. She's going to be in Vegas. So sitting in with me is my good friend and the great and the wonderful and the lovely and the incredibly funny. Amy Guth is going to be my co-host. And our special guest is Jim Flanagan, who is an unbelievably talented and very, very funny stand-up comedian. So we'll have some comedy from Jim Flanagan. We'll do some interviews. Amy Guth and I will be on stage riffing and telling stories. You will get a chance to win a bunch of prizes. Um, and you'll win a megaphone signed by everybody, and my dad comes up and closes the show. We have a great time doing these uh, live versions of the podcast. It's a live recording. You will be part of a podcast recording live. You will be in the audience. It'll be fun. And I'm telling you right now, you need to get your tickets. These nights that we do once a month are fantastic. So Tuesday, May 16th, mark it down. Showtime at 730. Doors open at 630. Get those tickets now. Jim Flanagan, me, Amy Guth, your chance to win prizes. Lots of laughs, interactive quality, you know, questions and all kinds of fun stuff. My dad, all of that. So you can call 847-813-0484. That's the box office at Zanies in Rosemont. Or you can just go to rosemont.zanies.com. For the Nick D podcast live on May 16th. So get your tickets now, reserve them now. Let's pack the place and have a great time. And, and Jim Flanagan, one of the funniest people and one of the coolest people you'll ever hear. So rosemont.zanies.com, the Nick D podcast live, Tuesday, May 16th. Get those tickets now. And we hope to pack the place. All right, cool. And we hope to pack the place at Zanies in Old Town on uh, April 29th, on Saturday, for the one, the only, the incredible wrestler, Al Snow who we're going to hear from after I tell you that you need to be congratulated. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh, yeah. Don't be a jackal. 
What does everybody want? What does everybody need? What does everybody love? Yeah. And you recognize that. That is the uh, entrance music for a legend. And it's easy to throw around the word legend. It is. But this guy's an actual legend. Uh, Had uh, multiple runs with ECW, WWE, during the Attitude Era especially. Uh, Works behind the scenes. Been in the world of wrestling for many, many years. And is now um, jumping into the world of comedy. And going to be playing at uh, Zany's. The original Zanies here on Well Street in Chicago and Old Town on Saturday, April 29th at 4 o'clock. And I am unbelievably thrilled as a wrestling fan. Anybody who listens to this podcast or has listened to me on the radio for over the years knows how big a wrestling uh, fanatic I am. And I am unbelievably excited to welcome Al Snow to the podcast. Al, how are you? I'm doing great. If I were doing any better, I'd be jealous of myself. And, <laughs> and thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. I'm, I'm such a huge fan. And uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about this. This is your first time going out and doing comedy. Are you excited about it? I am. I I'm, I'm really am. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm an entertainer at heart, you know, deep down. And, and uh, being a part of wrestling for so many years has been just, I've been amazingly blessed to get to do what I love to do. For as long as I've gotten to do it, nobody's yet figured out that I have a clue what I am actually doing. So, um, <laughs> I just um, pretty lucky. I feel pretty lucky. But now, um, it's all been able to afford me the opportunity to, you know, go out in different uh, avenues like stand-up comedy, and and you know, I just really enjoy making people laugh and and making them uh, entertaining them and 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 uh, allowing them. A, uh, a chance to escape and just have a great time. So yeah. um, it's just I've, a new way to do it. I've had the luxury of interviewing a lot of pro wrestlers over the years because I'm a huge fan. And, and man, the stories that you guys have are unbelievable. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah. They really are. And and by the way, again, this is going to be at Zany's in Old Town on Saturday, April 29th at 4 p.m. And you have seats are available, but also there's like a meet and greet package that people can get to. They can hang out with you before the show, correct? Yeah, yeah. There's a meet and greet package at 2 o'clock. And then the show is at four and, um, you know, and like you said, we, I've got, God, I've got so many bizarre, incredible experiences and stories and the people that you meet. And I, yeah. I work on, you know, I also act and I, I work on, I'm right now I'm in uh, Tennessee doing a Western, uh, doing a movie. Wow. And, uh, um, you know, when we're sitting around on set and, and people were, you know, well, you know, what about wrestling? And you start telling them some of the experiences. And even these people that are in the film industry are like, there's no way. Like, yeah. Those people can't really exist, you know? Yeah. yeah. And you're like, no, no, these people are really out there. And these things really happen. And, uh, this this Western that you're in, can you can you talk a little bit about it? Or You're shooting it now, so it's going to be a little while before we see it. Though. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's uh, called Unnatural and... Um, it is, it's a Western and, and, and set back in the 1800s. And it's got a little bit of a uh, supernatural horror film edge to it as well. So cool. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I've, 
I'm uh, 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 what a surprise. I'm, I'm playing an older gentleman. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and I have two grandkids that I don't like having around me that are also along for the ride. So, um, you know, it's been interesting. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, the young actress, uh, she's an 18 year old girl. She's, she's been awesome, uh, to work with cause she's got a lot of spunk and yeah. is pretty much a, a, a smart aleck just like myself. So we've yeah. been able to play off each other really well. Cool. Well, I, well it's great. I mean, we're all excited to see it. So unnatural, that'll be, uh, that'll be coming out soon. So make sure you yeah. check that out. Um, well, listen, uh, you know, I've been a fan of yours forever, man. Uh, and I have to tell you, thank you. you when, when, uh, you know, colleagues of mine and friends of mine, I told them that I was going to have you on my podcast. They just went apeshit. They, they just, Oh, went nuts. really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm mean, huge fans. And, um, and I, you were, you, you've been in the business for a long, long time, man. I mean, you know, going back to like, uh, Smoky Mountain with Jim Cornette. Oh, for, I, before that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Been, this May 22nd will be my 41st anniversary uh, being a professional wrestler. So wow. I've been in the business 41 years. 41 so. years. Wow. How did yeah. it start for you? Let's go back to the beginning. What was it? I mean, did you, you know, obviously you probably watched wrestling as a kid and you were into it. And oh, yeah, how, yeah. how did that be? How yeah. did it begin for you wrestling? Uh, well, you know, um, when I was uh, basically, I, I just sat down one day, I was 14 years old and I decided that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a professional wrestler. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've, I'll give the uh, Cliff Notes version, but you know, of course, we didn't have Google back then or anything. So, right, um, and you could, you know, the old After magazines, you'd get those off the store shelves, and they would list, you know, like Jim Crockett Promotions was in Charlotte, North Carolina, you know, AWA was in Minneapolis, Minnesota, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I would, because I was fourteen, you know, I'd walk to the public library, and they had the um the white pages for all of those cities you know for minneapolis for charlotte and i would go through and i'd find jim crockett promotions i'd find american wrestling you know and i would then i'd get on our phone you know once a month um and i would uh call those offices um asking you know if they would were accepting any new wrestlers if they willing to train new wrestlers and you know, they would, they, it got to the point where a lot of the, I'd talk to a lot of the same guys in the office and they'd recognize me and they'd either just hang up on me or, or if they were bored and had nothing to do, they'd leave me on the phone or they'd set the phone down and walk away. And, you know, my, my parents were just livid because back then you got charged long distance. So, yeah, 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 yeah. um, yeah. So the phone bill was never cheap, but, uh, um, you know, just kept at it and, and at that time, I, you know, I, I tell, and I'm not exaggerating, like, you know, I tell people that be a made man in the mafia than it was to be a, a, become a professional wrestler because it was such a closed secular business. And, right. um, you know, I kept at it and, and just uh, finally met a guy who was kind of going into, he'd had, he had started a family and he wanted to, not pursue wrestling full time anymore. He wanted to do his own promotion and be at home more. And, um, it, and it was not a simple path even then. Uh, once I met him, because when I, the first initial meeting, I tried to convince him to train me and he was like, no, yeah. and he tried to send me off to somebody else. And then, um, 
circumstances and situations happened and, you know, uh, he decided to be willing to basically take me under his wing, be a mentor and train me. And, and, mm. uh, um, because it, it, getting in at that time was like become, it was like an apprenticeship because the person who taught you was held responsible for everything you did, you know, mm. and, uh, you know, they were risking their own livelihood right, right. by it, bringing yeah. you, bringing you on board. So, yeah. um, they were very reluctant to do it. And, uh, he did and i started may 22nd of 1982 and yeah i'm, I'm still wow. plugging along so and the and the territories uh people who might not remember that it was mm-hmm. before vince mcmahon vince mcmahon bought everything there were territories right. and uh right. and people worked those little territories and stuff like that and uh, by the yeah. way how do you feel about the documentary stuff the dark side of the ring and the territory shows that jason and evan do how do you feel about those uh they're they're, they're, you know, I like them and, um, they, uh, obviously create an interest and an audience in wrestling. I think that they have a tendency to lean more towards the, you know, the darker side of things and that like, it's always so terrible in wrestling and it, yeah. it really isn't, you know, it's, it's really, quite honestly, I mean, it's amazing. It's, I, I, I get, I've been. I don't have to grow up. I'm a grown man who gets paid to fake fight other men in my underwear for money. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> you, what, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to save the world. I'm not going, I'm not a brain surgeon. I just go out there and entertain people. And I, yeah. I tell uh, a physical story through the context of a competitive situation to allow an audience to get swept up and to, get emotionally involved to where they can forget about their everyday lives and, uh, you know, and create these moments that years later, people still to this day will walk up and, Oh, I remember you did this, or I remember, you know, you did this with so-and-so or, uh, or I was watching and and this happened and I'll never forget it. And that's, you know, probably one of the greatest rewards I've, I've gotten out of wrestling, you know? Well, so let me ask you, um, you know, what are some of the crazy stories on the road? Cause I mean, you know, we're talking about the early days when you're out there and I know every wrestler has insane stories about being on yeah. the road and traveling and staying yeah. in really shitty places and getting paid 20 bucks a month, you know, 20 bucks a show and stuff like that. Yeah. The, the territories and driving around, what was the fun stuff and what was the bad stuff of that in the early days? Well, kind of half and half, you know, like, yeah. uh, uh, you know, when I, cause I'm that old, uh, you know, when I first started, you know, there was not, like there is now where like I tell my wife, like, she's always like, you're so weird. Cause like pilots and loves, you know, the big gas stations, the big truck yeah. stops. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll walk through there. I'm like a kid in Christmas, you know, it's just <laughs> like, Oh my God. Or yeah. like Bucky's. Have you ever seen a Bucky's? Oh, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. If, if you ever want to <laughs> see me get fully sexually aroused, take me to a Bucky's. like it's, because when I first broke in, like to your point, you know, I wasn't, I was barely making any money. So I couldn't really afford much if even to eat some nights. And Mm. they used to, in the gas stations, they used to have these things that were called Stewart sandwiches. They were terrible and they were cold sandwiches. So they tasted bad no matter what, but they don't, they didn't have Mike back then. Microwaves were like a luxury item. Yeah. And, not everyone had them get certainly gas stations did. So I, uh, I learned, I got 
it was a Boy Scout mess kit. It was two metal plates, um, steel plates, and they it had a band on it with a wing nut. You could seal it up, <laughs> and then I would take muffler tape and put it on the manifold of my car, and then I'd put the sandwich in there. Or like, uh, if you remember Vienna sausages, yeah, of course, or yeah, yeah. yeah. and then you just drive down the road and you heat food up, and I, I used to call it my barbecue. So, <laughs> you know, I had a pair, of, I had a pair of welding gloves in the trunk, and then I'd slip on till I could pull the thing off the engine, yeah, and then I would heat, you know, I'd heat up food as yeah. I drove down the road. Yeah, one little note though that if you like those Vienna sausages, you need to pop the lid on them because if you don't, they'll overheat and explode, and <laughs> it, it looks like a little. And then let me tell you something: for the next two or three weeks, as you're driving and you turn the heat on in the car, oh my God, the smell is horrendous. <laughs> I'm taking notes on the that. road. Just taking notes yeah, on that. Take the lid off the Vienna sausage. Take if the I'm lid because <laughs> yeah, if you don't, you're going to be dry heaving a lot as you're driving. You're just be like, yeah. So, so so doing so doing that now now um you know when you're working at, now did you spend uh, how much of your career. Were you a mm-hmm. face and were you a heel? Um, uh, about half and half. Really, yeah. the first half of my career, probably 14, 15, 16 years, I was a heel. I, I really loved being a heel. And then when I went back to ECW, and that was where I had the you know the creation of Head and yeah. the whole you know schizophrenic uh, thing, I thought, I was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be a person that they don't like, you know, because yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. A, a lunatic. Yeah. And it turns out like it was the most fascinating audience I'd ever seen because <laughs> I would, I would wrestle and then I'd lose and I'd get upset and I'd beat the head up like it was yeah. its fault, you know, it was head's fault. And they, the audience would just boo and get so <laughs> angry. And I was like, Oh, this is great. And then Paulie would come to me and go, okay. Uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, Paul, Paul has uh, um God I can't remember his name now. Heyman, Paul Heyman. Um, not not Paul Heyman. No. It was uh, not Paul Roma. Paul uh, he was uh, Max Moon up in the WWF and oh okay. Uh, he was Cato. Uh, I can't, can't That's remember right. his name now. That's all right. Uh, he he had a valet, you know, uh, had a valet, and he's like, oh yeah, and you know, she's gonna come in and you take her and literally turn her upside down and make it look like you dropped her on her head. And I'm like, Paul, are you sure? Yeah. He goes, yeah, don't worry. I do. The entire audience cheers and goes crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. I beat up a head and you get upset. I right. throw a woman on her head and you go, yay. I'm like, this is the what? most insane audience I've ever seen. So, well, the ECW audiences were of another land. Oh, I mean, those, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were nuts. And and it's interesting. Yeah. I want to get to that in, in a little bit about like uh-huh. what you ex- what you expect to kill that doesn't. And then you mm-hmm. know, like audience, because you can never really tell how an audience is going to go. I mean, like you're surprised that a crazy like your crazy character with the with the styrofoam head like yeah. was a face. Like people loved it. Are there right. are there any times are there any times when besides that like when you walk into the ring and you expect some response from the audience and you get the complete opposite does that happen has that happened? I mean I'm sure that happens all, a lot all all the time all the time yeah. every every yeah. single night you can't you can't anticipate until you're actually out there and then you're in it and you're you're feeling it but that's really one of the things um, that makes wrestling um, so unique from any other form of entertainment in the yeah. sense that for one, 
everything you do, like contrary to popular belief, it is not scripted. If it's right. done well, that you can have an outline and an idea of what you want to do, but you have to live and be in the moment and right. interact and react to the audience and the audience's dictates. Um, but you're doing all of that really to do one singular thing, and that's just work towards a moment, a moment that exists in just that moment. Even if you film it you uh, and you air it at a later date, it's never going to be the same experience as if you were there live and right. experiencing that moment uh, with everyone else in that building. Yeah. And, and, and everything that's, you know, you know, all the stories that you see, the, the wrestling match itself, are all simply like a, a story that lasts six to eight months or a year is right. not done for anything other than to reach that one moment that lives only for that moment, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and only, only the, even if you get to watch it again, it's never the, ex, the same experience as it was in that moment at that yeah. moment. And, and that's what makes wrestling so unique, you know, well, the buildup is what you're what you're talking about. When it's done well, mm -hmm. you can hook an audience for, like you said, oh, yeah. eight, eight nine months until yeah, you know, a, year. Un, un, yeah. un, un, a year until you get that pay. I mean, they've been they've been mm -hmm. WWE now has been Roman Reigns has been you mm -hmm. know champion for two what a thousand days and and yeah, yeah. and it's still compelling. Like the the you know the yes. whole bloodline thing they did, the whole Sami Zayn, mm -hmm. brilliantly set up and and like really yeah. paid off huge at WrestleMania. Absolutely. And those are the moments. And what are some of the some of your favorites that you were involved in, like storylines that had a huge payoff for you? Some of your favorite ones? Uh, there's, I mean, there 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 are a lot. There are, there are, there are so many. And they, but you know, because I'm I'm a, a part owner and, and CEO of OVW. I bought yeah. yep. Ohio Valley Wrestling OVW back in in I believe 2018. Yeah. And prior to that, you know, when I was uh, an executive with Impact Wrestling, you know, I, I myself and Bruce Pritchard helped create a developmental program and in, in association with OVW with for Impact. And then back with WWE, uh, you know, they sent me down there to uh, oversee and, and run the developmental program. Right. And you were on, and you were on Tough Enough and you were on Tough Enough. As yeah. Well. Yeah. It was yeah. on Tough Enough yeah. as well. And, yeah. um, you know, I got the uh, that was where I with WWE and, and the, the developmental program is where I'd gotten my first opportunity to really write, direct, and produce the, the, yeah. the television and the wrestling itself. And yeah. God, you know, some of the, the really some of the most uh, awesome stories that, you know, in all three of these experiences, even right now, have, have just been some of the most rewarding have been those, the stories that I've gotten to tell. And some of them have literally lasted over a year to a year and a half before we worked. We finally gave that, you know, yeah. moment that payoff for it. Yeah. And, you know, um, and just the variety of stories that we've told and, um, what's it like, know, let me ask the, you, Al, what's it like to be mm -hmm. like in the middle of that build? And you're like, shit, this mm -hmm. might not work. You know what I mean? Are there ever doubts? Oh, Do you ever go? Oh, the, all the time. Yeah. Every week, literally every week that I sit down and I write out, because I have to write out two hours of live television every single week. Yeah. You know, that's, and, and it's, you've got to, you're responsible for it always, always escalating. 
it always logically linking and building off of what it previously was that you did it now continuing to tell that story and build that emotion in the direction you want. But that's all based off of your audience. It's yeah. all based off of your wrestlers and what they give you and what they don't and how well they did their part in creating the next chapter. I mean, there's so many, and you know, people getting hurt or sick or a family emergency. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, you've got to deal with all of that. So it's, it's, uh, it's always, that's probably the, the probably one of the more most rewarding, but at the same time, most frustrating, aggravating, uh, uh just it's, it can be a nightmare. It really yeah. can. But when that, but when that, when that when moment, that moment happens, comes, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, I there's bet. nothing better in the whole world. It's, you know, it, where you've six months ago or eight months ago anticipated an audience's reaction of like, you know, we, I told a story between, um, cause one of my agents, uh, uh, her name's Maria James and I've got a young girl named Haley James, her, that's her daughter, you know, and yeah. so we tell this whole story of, uh, the daughter rebelling and it, kind of like the Dominic it, yeah. in, in, and I'm not, I want, I want to make this clear. Like. I'm not, but I'm telling you that a lot of stuff that you see on WWE TV is a lot of stuff that I already previously have been doing in OVW that suddenly magically mysteriously yeah. starts getting done up there. Yeah. So even if it's a great compliment and even if it's, even if it's nothing more than I, it was an inspiration that, you know, had them do it. I'm fine with that. It just, yeah. I'm not saying, you know, Saying I that understand. they directly copy it, but yeah, they, no. it's very I serious. Understand. So when I was telling this story about Maria and Haley and how they built to this match, literally there were, I wasn't hoping for and anticipating that when there was a reuniting of the mother and the daughter after this cathartic uh, match that they had, that the people in the audience would cry, and they mm. did. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, it was, that was awesome. That's great. Um, I, I, I do want to get into maybe in a little bit about the about like what you were just saying about storylines and things like that showing sure. up some other places and, and stuff like that because I've noticed it as well being a wrestling fan and knowing what's going on. And I don't yeah. I don't know if you want to comment on the whole like is Vince doing creative again and all that shit. Like you know what I mean? Oh, like he probably that. is. I would, <laughs> okay. Knowing Vince, oh yeah, I oh without a doubt, yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. Make no mistake, yeah, yeah. and really quite honestly. You know, uh, contrary to what the popular opinion is, look, WWE would not be what it is and would not have sold for $9.6 billion, nearly yeah. $10 billion. Yeah. It would never be that if it were not for the guidance, the direction of Vince McMahon. Yeah. Now, you know, a lot of, of vocal minority, and I mean by vocal minority, I mean, Let's face, let's be honest, okay? Because, you know, the the people that are like us, you know, that are, have some kind of inside information to some degree or access to it, um, you know, regardless of how many people think there are out there, that's the niche audience. You know, WWE yeah. has always been and always will be one that is created and directed and marketed to the mass audience. The, right. cat, the very casual wrestling fan. Right. That's what you know. Vince is always trying to capture. So what, what appeals to a person who has some kind of insight and information, and yeah. if they really yeah. a hardcore fan, 
Yeah. It's not going to be the same thing that's going, you know, is going to appeal to Carl the plumber who sat down and was flipping through the channels and happened to see, you know, Roman Reigns walk out there and go, whoa, man, that guy looks like he could kick somebody's rear end. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, It's not the same thing. And, you know, and 99% of the population uh, of the United States, if they're, you know, they go on the internet, their internet experiences, you know, social media, yeah. um, they're going to check their email and then they're going to Google Asian ass porn and they're going to be done. I mean, that's going to be about it. Wow, have you been checking my uh, have you been checking my my my, my website lately or my my well, you, computer? All you do is put the search and push A, and then all of a sudden Asian ass porn. Like, Whoa! Well, Google, I mean, it, it's shut up, Google. It's interesting that you know, like the the whole behind the scenes thing is. I've I find it you know strange as a wrestling fan for my entire life. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's amazing to me now how everybody knows what kayfabe is and and all this they, you know what i mean they don't but they, but they don't, don't. Is they it, really, yeah that's yeah. the thing yeah 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 Yeah, it's it's it, i i i state this all the time like you could we live in a world of of easy access to information and unfortunately yeah. we have now come under the assumption that and we equate that knowledge is information no they're not yeah. You, in, in order to have real knowledge on any topic, whatever it might be, you have to have a certain amount of information, and then you have a commensurate amount of experience. Together, right. combined, gives you an actual understanding of the topic, which means you actually have real knowledge. If you have just access to information, that means you now have an opinion, which we all have, just like assholes, and they all yeah. stink. So, right. yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. And you, yeah, you're entitled to it. You're also entitled to keep it to yourself. I mean, yeah, you don't really true. need to know. It's true. But it's it's so, funny too because a lot of this, like a lot of the, uh, uh, a lot of this kind of like everybody thinks they know. Now, even even casual fans sure. are like, yeah, I know what kayfabe is, and I know what this is, and right. I know the difference yeah. between a shoot and a work and all this other stuff. Well, no. then then that's used by people in AEW, yes. or people in WWE to trick you. You're still mm-hmm. a mark. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're still it's still a work. Yeah. Ultimately, because what they and that. And that's nothing new. Yeah. And, and and so you're also like, I try to clear this up. Like, you know, uh, there's Domer that only yeah. just recently did the uh, general population have a, bit of, a collective intellect that amounted to enough to where they figured out that wrestling was predetermined. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, in 19, I tell this to all the, all the people that I train in 1976, I proudly proclaimed to my both sides of my ex- family and my extended family, who I love very dearly, but I don't really know if any of them are card-carrying geniuses. You know what I mean? Like Menza candidates. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, I said I want to be a professional wrestler, and every one of them all laughed at me and said, why do you want to do that? That's fake. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I can't, you know um, – you know, I can't tell you that was that was pretty common knowledge. So, right, right, um, right. And uh, you know, that was that was pretty pretty known. I mean, my yeah. grandparents, my grandma, and they never, none of them had ever been a professional wrestler. I mean, how did they know? Well, because everybody knew. Yeah. And, and the, the thing that I keep trying to explain to the younger talent is everybody knew, but yet thousands upon thousands of people continued to pay to see it watch it on tv 
Um, you know, we're rabidly following it. Why? Yeah. Because yeah. the performers could allow you to believe and get swept up in the emotion and care. Yeah. You know, it's, I, it, I, and I hate to I hate to inform a lot of people out there. I know this is going to come a shock, but magic's not real. You know, right. the magicians are not defying the laws of gravity or, right. or you know, uh, altering the laws of physics. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, they're not, Chris Angel, amazing. Yeah. But he's not really floating. Okay. Right. He's yeah. not, you know, incredible cod piece. But uh, if, if, if there's any magic, if, if there's any magic, it's whatever poor girl went back to the room and went, hey, wait. <laughs> That's the greatest disappearing act I've ever seen. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so where did, uh, so, I mean, did, 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 is the Leaf Cassidy going crazy storyline, yeah. that's where the whole head thing came from, right? And the, and started, the help. Yeah, it was the yeah, that, impetus, yeah. It started, mm-hmm. and this is back in ECW, uh, like right when you got, when you got called up to ECW by, by Pauly. Um, well, no, no, no. I got, no. I, I got put on loan there. Oh, you so were, oh, that's right. You were on loan. That's right. You were with WWE. Yeah, because yeah. I, I really had developed, yeah. started developing a really bad attitude because of my frustration, and which was my own fault. And uh, and then, you know, um, and I tried to quit um, WWF at the time, and they had a, 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 an option on my contract, which they went, well, he wants to quit. Let's roll him over. So they rolled over my yeah. contract, which just yeah. really helped my attitude. And then... <laughs> uh, because yeah. <laughs> what what do we do with the disgruntled employee? Yeah, let's make him continue to work for us as uh, he's you know let's yeah. make him happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they put me on loan and uh, to just kind of push put me away somewhere. And then you know, Paulie just left me to my own devices and and you know I I I purposely I thought well I'm gonna you know act like I've had a mental breakdown because. If you were you knew me, you were a hardcore wrestling fan like most of the ECW fans. You knew how long I'd been doing it. Right. You'd understand that my frustrations, right. etc. Right. If you were just a WWF fan, well, Leaf Castle's face it. Anybody that's that's that happy all the time, there's got to right. be something emotionally wrong. <laughs> right. Right. That so, makes sense. And then yeah. that that just completely took off, man. And you had that. I mean. You know, I mean, people were throwing styrofoam heads into the ring. I mean, yeah. it's, it was insane. I mean, and how that took yeah. off. And what a great character, man. Yeah, I mean, seriously, you were so funny and so weird. And you, in the ring, you're top-notch, man. I mean, like you... Well, thank you. It's not just... You're great on the mic. You're great on developing a character. You kick ass in storyline and all that stuff. But, man, you, you deliver in the ring. Like, you can move. And and it's it's great to watch. And And, and obviously, you know when uh the attitude era kicked in can you can you tell me what it was like to be like at the height uh, of the attitude era what was it like it was to be awesome. a part of that i mean and oh, it you was know just and, yeah yeah just amazing i mean you know you could do no wrong i mean you, you know you walk out there and and you know all of us not just me but everybody and that and i think the real key to that was was the fact that every, if you really think about that period of time, every single wrestler on that show, uh, literally from top to bottom, every single wrestler, one, was a star. Yeah. Two, every single wrestler was a wrestler that any one of them, you could turn to your friends and family and go, man, you got to watch his show. There's this guy. He's A, yep. B, C, D. Yep. And a sentence or less you could describe every single guy on that show and yep. motivate 
your friends or, or your coworkers or your family to watch it with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, that was, that's, I tell all of my the trainees and all that. I'd like, that is the most valuable thing you can develop is the ability to have an audience be able to describe you in a sentence yeah. or less. Yeah. And, and you're going to be a star period. You just, you just and are. I mean, that's the way it's going to be. What, what was it like working in, in, in that, in that, uh, in that time period? What was it like working with Mick Foley, who I've, I've interviewed several times and, you know, no, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I knew something was going to, I knew you were going to say something like that. No question about it. He, but uh, what, yeah, yeah, Mick, the, you know, the, back in the day, man, he would, you know, Mick would come in a lot. Oh, guys, when I get done, you know, wrestling, I'm going to be a stand-up comic. We'd all laugh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And now he's a stand-up comic and nobody's laughing. So. <laughs> there you go. Did you, have, did you have a good time working with him? I mean, those, those. Uh, oh, yeah. We, yeah. we, we, you know, we had a, we had a great time. We have a, we clearly. Um, as much as it pains me to admit it, we have, a, a obviously a, a chemistry on screen, you know, yeah. and, yeah. um, you know, we really, uh, do click why I don't know. I mean, yeah. but it is what it is. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, Ab it, Abbott had Costello and, you know, yeah. uh, I, Dean Martin had Jerry Lewis and, you know, I've got Mick Foley. So, and some pe some people have herpes. So, it's all about you know, relative. Yeah, but you can't get a shot for Mick Foley. You can get a shot for herpes, I think. Oh so. uh, yeah, Lord knows, I've I've tried. Penicillin <laughs> has yet to be able to make him go away. He oh, is man. the worst yeast infection I've ever had. So the, in going back to that time period, you know, uh, yeah. and I, I don't know if we can equate it now, but like the stuff that's happening now between WWE and like AEW, it's not yeah. quite Monday Night Wars. You know what I mean? It's, it's not, not even close. Uh, but what? How, how, how do you feel about that in compared to, I mean, because the Monday Night Wars are legendary. You know what I mean? The yeah. WCW, WWE at that time, WWF at that time. The, those yeah. days when you could turn on on Monday Night and flip back and forth. Um, and all that stuff. I mean, I know that it's, it, there's an attempt to make it feel like that's what's happening between AEW and WWE yeah. right now. How do you feel about what's happening between those two companies right now? Well, I think it's right. I mean, and I, I, we desperately need AEW to not just survive, but thrive. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's great for the fans. It gives, you know, a different venue, different talent. You know, it just, in, in general, I, you know, Tony Khan, you know, God bless him, and you know, thank goodness he's he's such a fan that it has the resources to create something like that. Yeah, it's but it's nowhere near like what it was back then. I yeah. mean, that was a completely different you know monster back then, and yeah. um, and I don't you know will eventually history repeats itself, and eventually we will have a situation like that once more, but. You know, um, but the stars are all going to have to come into alignment to do it, and yeah, and I, I don't, I don't know if it'll be AEW or or another because you know with the sale of WWE, yeah, um, it, it creates so many possible potentialities that wouldn't have or may not exist if it hadn't been for that. So, 
you know, who knows what's so, going to happen even in the next six months to a year. And the thing is, like, that whole, all of the Monday Night Wars, and obviously it mm-hmm. ends, and that night when Vince showed up on Nitro, you know, and then and that whole thing, and then, yeah. you know, and then when, when everything, Vince owned everything, I don't know, I personally, mm-hmm. I think he mishandled some of the stuff when they all came together. Well, yeah, um, he did, he did, yeah, yeah of course. Um, yeah. But, but when that, I mean, you'd never, like, when Vince showed up on Nitro, it was, it was like the culmination of all of this stuff that had been happening for so many years. Sure. And what was it like to be a part of that, to be there, like, behind the scenes? And now, all of these people work together now. You know, all the people that were, like, fighting or, like, mm-hmm. trying to get the ratings and stuff, they're all working basically under Vince or were at some point. Right. What was it like yeah. to be in the middle of that? Just, I, you know, it's just like you're, you're, you know, the only thing you can liken to is like riding a wave when you're surfing. You know what I mean? You're just, you're on it and it's wild and it's crazy and you're just trying to hang on the board and take it as far as you can go. So, yeah. did you have yeah, friends I mean, at W, when you were with WWE, did you have friends at WCW and did you guys like talk and say, oh, man, can you, be- can oh, you yeah, believe this shit? Yeah. yeah. Of yeah. course. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> You, you've always got, you know, every, everybody, all the wrestlers are interconnected and, yeah. you know, and have those relationships and camaraderie. And, and, and then there's that competition because every one of us is ultimately competing with each other the yeah. entire time as well. So, yeah. yeah. Do you like working behind the scenes as much as when you were out uh, yeah. uh, in the ring? I mean, is it, I mean, and, and training yeah. people and, and, mm-hmm. and nurturing talents that, that do, do, do you like, like seeing someone and going, oh man, this person's going to be huge. And, <sighs> Do you like yeah. that? It, yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I really, I've said for quite some time, I think like my legacy in the business is really going to end up being, you know, ultimately all of the people that I've trained and developed and, and the stars that I've helped create, you know, and, uh, you want to drop that, some names, drop some names. I, you know, there are honestly so many that there's, yeah. I'm not saying that like, I mean, really genuinely, there are a lot of people yeah. that I have, I've had a very strong and direct influence. I mean, you know, the very, one of the very, at the top, I, you know, literally trained Cody from the ground up when he mm. came to OVW and, yeah. Yeah. you know, I, um, you know, and I can keep going down the list of guys, but, yeah. you know, and I, and they're all, I tell them all, like, when I train you, I bring you in much the same way I did, I was, and that is now you are you're carrying my reputation around yeah. and you know, I'm going to do everything I can to ensure your success because your success is now directly mine. Yeah. And you, you know, you're not going to suck because I don't suck. So right. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to do all I can to make sure that you, you have success and are able to take advantage of any opportunities that may be available to you. Yeah. I, I love all the behind the scenes stuff. I do, you know, as we're getting close to the end here, I, I mm-hmm. definitely want to tell people what they're in store for at Zanies, And it's Zanies uh, mm-hmm. on Wells in Chicago. It's the great original uh, Zanies. You can go to yes. chicago.zanies.com, get your tickets or 312-337-4027. Four o'clock on Saturday, April 29th in the afternoon if you want to do a meet and greet. That's at two. And the show is at mm-hmm. four. What uh what 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 are we what kind of stories are we gonna hear? What kind of comedy does Al Snow have in, in store for everybody who shows up on the I, Well, I, I yeah, I, I do tell uh jokes intermixed with um uh experiences and stories from wrestling, not just stories from wrestling, but my regular life. I mean, like I'll tell you a little brief one that because I talk about the I have problems with an, the animal world, with the animal kingdom. I like <laughs> all of these are legitimate stories too, just so you're aware. <laughs> okay, okay. So just a very short one, like where I live, um, 
uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, I, you know, I have a mailbox down by the street from my house. And in it, when I, you know, first moved in and it's getting at that time of year. So I'm watching out for him right now. I'm on high alert that he's coming uh-huh. back because every season he has come back ever since I bought this house <laughs> and there's a bird, a yeah. bird that literally sits on only my mailbox and stares at my house. And I know <laughs> it because I look through my kitchen window and watch him doing it. And then when I walk out, he still sits on my mailbox and then shits on my mailbox <laughs> and only my mailbox and then flies away. Um, and at first I was like, uh, you know what? I don't, I don't really think much about it. And then I started going, wait a minute, that guy, that bird's doing that on purpose. And I started taking it personal. So like the only thing I can think to do is I'm going to follow him and I'm going to find his nest. And then I'm going to sit, I'm going to shit in his nest when he flies back. <laughs> And I'm being dead serious. <laughs> so have you have you gotten the chance to shit in his nest yet? Al? No, but I have went out on the porch and ate a plate of eggs while he sat on my mailbox. And I was like, look, I'm going to eat your children if you don't stop shitting on my mailbox. <laughs> oh, that is great. Oh, man. Okay. So stories about uh, that, about the birds, yeah. about the animal well, world, uh, about wrestling. The entire, I have a year and a half where the animal kingdom put a hit out on me tried to kill me <laughs> i can't wait to hear more of those stories uh i will be there al for sure uh there's no question about it and i just want to tell everybody out there like you guys all think animals are cool like from disney like you know you're like yeah. oh we're gonna i'm gonna eat dolphins safe tuna let me tell you something dolphins are assholes okay and you can look it up because i've got all kinds of information about dolphins and dolphins and i have a major problem <laughs> So I believe the quote of this entire interview is dolphins are assholes. I believe that's well, the one I'm going to, I believe that's my next, I believe I'm going to get a tattoo of that. Dolphins yeah, are they, assholes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, people don't know this, but a uh, little known fact, dolphins are fire retardant. So. Um, <laughs> oh man. All right. And uh, if you go to SeaWorld after the dolphin show, you can go over to the concession stand and buy fish sticks. So. <laughs> I find the irony in that. I don't know why anybody else doesn't. Right. Oh, God. That's fantastic. Is there a website that people can check out uh, to get information oh, about shoot. Al Snow? All that um, stuff? Well, they could go to alsnowcomedy at gmail.com. They could email there, and um, we, they can get all the information they need. Okay. On, and uh, and- and there's a there's there's a link at Zanies too. You can just check that out too. Chicago.zanies.com. You can order your tickets there. It is Saturday, April 29th, four o'clock matinee, uh, two o'clock. If you want to get there early, you can do a meet and greet, and all that information is yep. there. And you can call the box office at three one two three three seven four zero two seven. Al, I'm a huge fan, man. I'm a- all right. Oh, I, I really appreciate all the time, yeah. man. I can't yeah. thank you enough. All right, buddy, I really and, uh, do. and I'll see you on the 29th. I'm gonna, I, I will see you. I will see you at Zanies. And uh, big awesome. fan, man. And, and it was great talking to you. Real honor. Uh, thank you so much. Okay, buddy. Take care. There you Bye. Go. That's uh, Al Snow. My God, a legend. But with great stories. <laughs> Dolphins are assholes. That's all I'm saying. All right. Uh, <laughs> that was great. Anyway, he is uh, Chicago.Zanies.com. Al Snow live on Saturday, April 29th, 4 p.m. And you'll get tons of great pro wrestling behind the scenes stories and all kinds of other great stuff and a lot of comedy. He's a great guy and a, a wrestling legend. What a, what, as a wrestling fan, man, that was just a thrill. Okay. Hey, speaking of thrilling, it's Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda Leon, 
theme we all love and know and all that stuff. It's Esmeralda Leon's theme. That means Esmeralda Leon is here. Hi, Esmeralda. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm all right. Um, Again, uh, a little bleary-eyed because I've been at the music box for four Mm -hmm. days straight, four days straight, seeing an average of, I don't know, four movies a day. Um, Oh, wow. Did you set up a little tent? Yeah, it's weird. I, I, you know, yeah. I mean, I've, I do have a I seat. I feel like this I, was your Coachella. It, it is kind of my Coachella. It's, <laughs> for people who don't know, it's this thing called uh, Cracker Jack Compass, the works of Robert Zemeckis, and they're showing literally everything except for three movies they couldn't get um, because those are like Disney straight to digital, so they're not showing Pinocchio, mm-hmm. and they're not showing Christmas Carol, and they're not showing um, uh, The Witches. But they've shown every single thing else. And in like a private screening, they showed a couple of shorts that he did and all kinds of stuff. And they showed his Tales from the Crypt episode that he did on HBO. Hey, were you a fan of, of Tales from the Crypt with the goddamn Crypt Keeper? I didn't really, because it was on HBO, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So I didn't, I caught it every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But I, we didn't have uh, really nice cable, so I couldn't. It, Watch so it regularly. It, like, so you're familiar with the Crypt Keeper, though, right? Like he's the mm-hmm. little, he's yeah. like, <laughs> and he does all the stupid fucking puns. Like everything, everything is like, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like everything is a terrible pun. Uh, 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 so yeah, but I remember, uh, you know, watching that on HBO all the time, and they would get good directors, you know. Um, and Zemeckis directed two of them, uh, and they were both nice. great. And they showed, and they showed both of those. And there was a show in the '80s also called Amazing Stories. Which mm-hmm. uh, was executive produced by Steven Spielberg, and it was on NBC, and they got a lot of directors to do that, and Zemeckis did one of those, and it was uh, you you would love it, Esmeralda. Uh, I don't know if you can find it. They showed it at the at the fest. I don't know if you can find it, but it's called "Go to the Head of the Class," and it's with Mary Stuart Masterson, you know, from mm-hmm. Fried Green Tomatoes, and you know, some kind of wonderful, um, and Scott Coffey, who's a, was a teen actor in the eighties. Uh, did a few things and Christopher Lloyd because it's Zemeckis, so Christopher fucking Lloyd has to be <laughs> has to be it. I think legally, <laughs> it's Zemeckis his muse. Is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he plays like a teacher, and he's a real asshole teacher, you know, who's really mean to the kids. And so Mary Stuart Masterson and Scott Coffey do like a a voodoo spell on him, but they make a mm. mistake and they have they put a picture of him and they but they rip the picture in half when they put it into the into the cauldron. Mm-hmm. And so when uh, Christopher Lloyd wakes up, he's got no head. So he's running around carrying his own head. Oh, so it's no. Ba- yeah. So it's him running around carrying his own head. So if you want to see Christopher Whoops. Lloyd screaming headless, like holding his own head and throwing his head at people and shit, you should. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, it's great. And it I was think on it, Well, at least he's making the most of it. Yeah. So you should check it out. If you, It's called Go to the Head of the Class. Um, see, get it? Because it's about him. His head is gone. So, so it's mm-hmm. called Go to the Head of the Class. Real subtle, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's fantastic. And Zemeckis directed, and just having a great time. And like Christopher Lloyd screaming with no head, you know, it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got crazy hair, you know what I mean? Like I guess he's got to have crazy hair. Of course. Hair and so, <laughs> okay. but that was fun to see that 
to see that on the big screen at the music box. <laughs> yeah. It's like really pretty crazy. But yeah, you know, um, Back to the Future trilogy uh, was yesterday, followed by What Lies Beneath, which Michelle Pfeiffer's is so goddamn good in. Um, and she's, uh, what else? It's a, 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 a Romancing the Stone they showed. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just been, it's, it's crazy. And, um, yeah, and they've, they've been trying to convince people to, you know, because everybody hates Forrest Gump now. So the guys get up on stage and go, you know, we're going to keep bugging you. You know, uh, and, and at one point, you know what their threat was, Esmeralda? When they got up on stage? Because you know how, how fucking annoying it is if people take out their phones and start taking pictures of movie screens while you're trying to watch a movie. Right. <laughs> and and yeah. that's, a th- that's a thing now, especially like, you know, like if you go see an old movie, a lot of people like to take out the, their, their cell phone and take a picture of, like, look, I'm watching Casablanca in the theater, and then they post that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when the movie starts at the music box, the hard and fast rule is put your fucking phone away. You know what I mean? Right. Turn right. it off. Yeah. And if, because, if so, you know, like the, if somebody's in the booth or somebody's in the balcony, because the management can sit up in the balcony, um, and they see somebody with a light on, like they'll come down and they'll confiscate it or, or they'll kick your ass out. Mm-hmm. But their threat was the guys. The guys. The guys said, "Hey, listen. You know, we will stop Back to the Future because last night because the place was packed for Back to the Future, and it's like nobody take out your cell phones. Don't take any pictures. Everybody's trust me. Everybody's going to know that you were here. You don't have to take a picture of it. <laughs> nope. You know. And uh, so we don't want your cell phones on. Just enjoy this movie. Turn off the cell. Phone. It's one of the best movies ever. Enjoy it. Just turn off your phone. Uh, and then they. Then and Will says. Uh, and by the way, we still have." A print of the Polar Express. So if you, show, if you take out your phone, we're going to stop Back to the Future and fucking show Polar Express. Wow! <laughs> and that was their threat. Was like it we shut will... everybody up. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, it was. We have because they showed Polar Express on the first day, you know. Um, and but that was the threat. Like we have Polar Express. I swear to God, we'll turn off Back to the Future. If you have your phone out, we will turn off Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> and we will play Polar Express, and everybody's phones went <laughs> off completely. It was right. Crazy. Yeah. So anyway, but it's been fun. It's been a crazy weekend. Um, nice. And hey, by the way, you know, just speaking of like, you know, for people who aren't listening in Chicago, uh, everything weather related has, you know, th- you know what I mean? Like, quote unquote, Chicago weather, you never know what's going to happen. Well, that happened this weekend. How insane was the yeah. weather? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was ridiculous how just one day it's like 80 and now it's like 43. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and it was raining ri- and snowing. Like <laughs> on Saturday afternoon when we were, you know, at the, at the place, you know, at the, at music box, um, it was fucking hot. Like we went outside. I was cause yeah. you know, I, I went outside to get a breath of fresh air cause I'm in a theater all day and I go outside and, um, it's like hot. I was like, wow, it's hot out. Holy cow. And so I, I'm in the theater like all day at these things, you know, so I'm kind of, I don't know what it's like outside. So yesterday Mm -hmm. during Back to the Future, they had a food truck in front of the theater and I had worn just like a, not a heavy coat. I wore just kind of a jacket and a little, you know, like a, uh, you know, like a a hoodie. Yeah. And, And because when I went there early on Sunday, it was still, it wasn't as warm. It wasn't 80, but it was like 50 ish. So it wasn't that bad. I walk out to the food truck. It's like twelve degrees. I'm like, what? Yeah, the f- what? Cold. What happened, man? Oh man. So anyway, but Chicago weather it got pretty chilly. Yeah, it's, do you, I think do you, it's supposed to snow at some point. It, it well, <laughs> I, it's snowing right now outside oh, well, my there window. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It was 82 degrees on Saturday afternoon, and it's fucking snowing. But that's Chicago. 
Yeah. Right now at this point in time, it is uh, 33. Yeah. Feels like 22 snow shower. <laughs> that's what, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, and obviously, you know, like I live in a um, a house that's, or a, an apartment building that's, you know, the heat is supplied by radiators and they're off for the season, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And I, walk, I walked in last night after being at the music box, you know, for fucking 12 hours or whatever. I come home, I have my windows cracked open and stuff. I walk, in, walk into my apartment, I'm like, holy shit. It was, it was freezing. <laughs> so anyway. Very refreshing, I'm sure. It was, yes. Uh, so, anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, anything uh, anything happened over the week? I had a, had a kind of an, uh, a, a, a regular uh, regular work weekend there for you? Yeah, I was just hanging out. Didn't yeah. really do much. You watch any Jean-Claude Van Damme? Oh, by the way, Esmeralda, I have to tell you this. They, had, uh, they do movie trivia at the Music Box on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did it earlier this because normally it's at one o'clock on Sunday afternoons in the lounge, in right. the music box lounge. And so they did it earlier to accommodate all the people who wanted to watch the Back to the Future trilogy. Um, so they did it earlier. They started at eleven so that people could do trivia, grab something to eat, and then watch all the Back to the Future movies. And so I went, and I was with Eric Childress and our friend Morgan, and um, one of the topics was one of because the, they have different subjects for each. You know, segment of the, and one of the one of the topics was, um, butts. So what they, <laughs> so what they did was they showed video from movies that featured people's butts, and then you had the name mm. of the movie, and then name the oh okay, I was yeah, like, just name, name the, movie. the butt. No, you didn't have to. I but I but it was funny because like when they because at, at the beginning when they show the subject, you know, of the next uh, questions. Uh, they have a picture. They show it up on the screen, and they have a picture. And the next topic was butts, and they showed Swayze's ass. They had shows. They showed Swayze's ass from Roadhouse, and I scream out, sense. Yeah. I scream out, that's Swayze's ass, and everybody in the room like started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and a couple of other people on the other side of the room were like, yeah, Roadhouse, and we were like, yeah, man, we bonded over Swayze's ass, <laughs> as you should. Exactly. That's how that works. I mean, that's the best ass ever. Like that particular it ass brings shot. people together. Oh, it certainly does. It's a lovely thing. All you know, we could have peace in the world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just bring mm-hmm. out Swayze's ass. That's all. Everything will be better. Um, but so during it, they were showing clips from movies. So they showed like you know the scene in American Gigolo where Richard Gere gets out of bed and he's standing by the window with his ass and his balls hanging out for like two minutes. Mm-hmm. So they showed that, and and it was it was really really easy because like they showed these scenes and you could figure it out. So anyway, one of the scenes they showed was. <laughs> and I thought of you immediately, not just because it was an ass. That don't don't get me don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they showed a scene from fucking Kickboxer, Esmeralda. Nice. And I immediately thought of you because we had that long discussion of the genius mm-hmm. of Van Damme. It was on again. I mean, it, it just keeps, yeah. <laughs> they keep replaying movies and stuff. So, right. but it was just funny to like you're flipping through and it's like, oh look. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was the scene. Well, since you've seen it so many times. You know, because you get to see, like, there's a focus on Van Damme's ass in all his movies, because he's got a great ass. Mm-hmm. You know? And so there's, there are a lot of behind shots. And, it's, and not all these clips, by the way, were bare asses. Most of them were. Yeah. Um, but, but this one was just Van Damme when he was fucking dancing and then does the splits. You know, you know the... Oh, the yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they showed that scene. And, um, and, and I was like, that's fucking kickboxer. I knew it immediately. I was like, it's either kickboxer or lion art. I was a little confused. <laughs> Eric thought it was double impact. Eric's like, I think it's double impact. I'm like, no, look at the shirt. That shirt is not, not <laughs> you know. 
But anyway, it was kickboxer. But I was I immediately thought of you because he, he like they show him doing you know yeah and you you've seen the scene it's kind of an infamous scene where you watch Van Damme dance get down and boogie. Oh yeah, <laughs> good dancer too. He's fantastic. And then he does the splits, and I was like, as if Esmeralda were here, she'd be going nuts right now. So they focused <laughs> on Van Damme's ass. So anyway, nice. So uh, I got a magic megaphone. Now you know the magic megaphone. Mm-hmm. I know it's one of your favorite things. And um, so if you want to leave a magic megaphone message for me to uh, convey, you can drop me an email, nickdpodcast at gmail.com or a voicemail at 773-417-6948. Okay, I'm going to play this one, Esmeralda. Again, I always play them and then kind of explain afterwards, okay? Okay. And if you want to send again, if you want to send one, please let us. Uh, so, so this is Cindy, and she lives in the Quad Cities. And here is her request, and then I will explain it because it's not – I, I to to certain movie geeks they'll get it, but not everybody will. But mm-hmm. here we are. So anyway, okay. this is what this is her request. Bigger shark. A what? Bigger shark. A what? Bigger shark. A what? Bigger shark. So. A what? Okay, so <laughs> you don't recognize <laughs> Esmeralda. I I don't. It's something something shark. Right. Right. It's from Jaws. Ah, okay. All right, and it's the scene where um, Matt Hooper shows up, Richard Dreyfuss shows up from the Institute mm-hmm. to investigate what's happening oh, there. Oh, okay. And they've got all the yokels, all the morons from Amity are out on the boats, you know, blowing stuff up and trying to catch the shark, remember? And then they catch a shark, and they think it's it, but, it, you know, obviously mm-hmm. it's not. And so right. the three, there are three idiots surrounding the shark that they caught that they think is the shark that killed the kid on the beach. Um, and so Dreyfus shows up and says, no, that's not the shark. And uh, one of the guys is like, well, what kind of shark is it? And he goes, tiger shark. And that's what Dreyfus says, tiger shark. And then this guy turns to the camera and goes, oh, what? And, and, <laughs> and that guy, if you Google right now, Esmeralda, if you Google Jaws, a what? Mm-hmm. Like maybe with three A's, yeah. you'll see that you'll see what the guy looks like. He's he's sort of like this. He's become he's passed away. He died about ten years ago. This guy, um, and uh, he became like a like a cult icon. Like he would show up at you know uh, comic conventions and sign autographs and shit. And he was just like a regular. Oh, really? He was just a dude who lived on the island. You know what I mean? Like he was a fisherman, like a like a regular dude who lived on the island. And Spielberg put him in the movie. Like he did a lot of. People who lived it in that at that island were like, okay, we'll just use you as extras. And this guy's line reading of "Oh, what?" became so popular <laughs> that he would go to conventions and sign eight by tens. Oh, what? That would. <laughs> that's how Good so, for him. Yeah, and Good so that's him. make your money, sir. <laughs> so, so that's Cindy, Cindy, Cindy from the Quad Cities. It's her favorite line in Jaws. So I thought, wait a shark. So that's the, that's a what? That's that's him. Nice. Yeah, and it's really funny if you ever watch the movie again, uh, Azrella. Watch mm-hmm. this guy. This it's amazing because he's only in that one. You no, know, he's actually in the scene. He's also in the scene where Quint uh, makes his speech to the to the to the town. But anyway, but he doesn't have any lines. But in this scene where where they're standing by the tiger shark. A what? And he does the a what thing, and he sounds like really, it's kind of weird and like kind of effeminate, the way he says it, mm-hmm. and just like really weird. But in the next cut, like they cut to him two seconds later, 
he's like threatening to to like stick somebody's head in the shark's mouth. Like he's all of a sudden becomes like mafioso guy. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like his his personality completely changed. He's like, oh what? And then the next scene, he's like, yeah, I'll stick your head in the mouth of the shark and I'll bust. You know, like suddenly he's like, mom. I'm like, where's the. <laughs> Where did that come from? He's like this. It's like this schizophrenic guy on the on the. So, but yeah, and and he um, he would go to these conventions and you know these Jaws festivals and stuff and sign autographs. Mm-hmm. And there's another woman who says sh 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 shark, and she's the one who actually <laughs> she spots the shark the first time on the beach. She's like sh 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 shark. <laughs> And then she used to go to festivals and stuff and sign sh 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 shark on eight by tens. <laughs> I mean, good for you know, get your money. Absolutely, get uh, you your know money. And there are fans of Jaws who are so hardcore. My buddy Mike Meredith is a—it's his favorite movie of all time. He's got autographs of all those people. He's got <laughs> so anyway, but anyway, so uh, Cindy in the Quad Cities loves oh, what? She loves she loves that guy. Love it. I'm, you know, yeah. I, good for them. Yeah. The ingenuity. Because yeah. you would think like, oh, I'm just going to, yeah, I'll just be in this one line and then, yeah, that's it. That's my yeah. thing. And, and so they, good I mean, for them. Yeah. And, whatever and they, agent or whatever got them to. <laughs> oh, no, I did, they were just people living on the, they were living on the island. And Spielberg's like, yeah, go ahead. You know, they, because they were shooting on location. They were like, we want, he wanted the flavor of real locals. So they're not even right. actors. They're like people who just, like. <laughs> Like Spielberg's like, just say here you can have this conversation with Richard Dreyfus about a tiger shark. That's all, and then threaten these guys, and that's it. And then now this guy is in one of the greatest, most legendary films of all time. <laughs> and and like when people when they show that movie, when he says "oh what," it gets applause. Like people go nuts in the audience. I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it where like the, in a packed house where Jaws people who are lo- who love Jaws go to see it. And as soon as he's like "oh what," the whole place goes nuts. I mean, it was kind of like watching you know you watching Back to the Future. The other night and people mm. going nuts like i'll tell you something as you'll love this during who framed roger rabbit and again there were like probably i don't know 600 people in the theater for who framed roger rabbit so it was beautiful it was packed you would have had such a blast um but you know the part where before he because you know he doesn't want to go to toontown yeah and and so before he goes into toontown remember he takes out the gun and you got the old western bullets you know the sleepy mm-hmm. the sleeping bullets and he loads up the <laughs> he loads up the gun and then he pulls out the pint of whiskey, and you think he's going to take a drink, and then he pours it out before he, you know what I mean? Like, he, mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's not going to drink anymore. He's done drinking, and he's going he's gonna to do his job, and he gets the gun out, and he pours the, pours the liquor out. The audience, there were 600 people in the theater. When he dumped the booze out, the place cheered. Like, 600 people <laughs> just erupted. You know what I mean? It was, it was yeah. unbelievable. And, and when... Uh, you know, when he, that whole thing in Toontown, people were going apeshit when he gets to Toontown. Like the whole, like, you, do you have a spare, you know, the parachute thing where it's him and, mm-hmm. and Bugs and Mickey. People went nuts when Bugs and Mickey showed up together on screen. It was <laughs> like people cheering. But that was my favorite part. Like when he refused to drink and dumped it out, it was, it's, it's a great moment. But like to hear the audience just go nuts, like cheer, it was amazing. But yeah. I'm I'm glad that people get so invested. I mean, that's you know that's how movies work or should yeah. work. Yeah, you get so invested in the characters, so yeah, yeah you feel you, you feel happy for them when they are have there, little victories. Are there are there any like TV shows or movies where you get invested? Like if you watch something over and over again, where you kind of go yeah, where you like rooted on? I mean, I know you I love mean, yeah for the love, most part you, you, you love Roger Rabbit, right? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, once you... If you... I mean, if you're into a show enough... I mean, I would think after watching three episodes or so, you do get invested. You get invested yeah. into any show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you <laughs> you always just do the little like the the small victories, or if you know whatever you've been watching it, and it's like, oh, yeah. they've been struggling with such and such thing. <laughs> yeah, and then they and get yeah, out you of feel it. happy for them. Yeah, uh, it was so great though. Seven, you know, and then like you know, um, during Back to the Future when. The, the lightning strikes and they send Marty back. The place goes nuts. You know, they start screaming. And going nuts. Yeah. You know, and, and everybody, I would say that 75% of the people in the theater, you know, with the exception of maybe little kids who were there, mm-hmm. had probably seen the movie a hundred times. You know what I mean? And, and, yeah. Yeah. and everybody's screaming and cheering. And there were people dressed up like Doc. They had guys with wigs on. Oh, and, nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, a couple people had hoverboards. It was, it was, wow. Yeah, it was fucking amazing. (laughs) So, anyway. All right. Um, My dad's going to come in and tell a joke. So, yeah, man. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh oh. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Hi, Kai. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Oh, she's got a Bubblegump Shrimp Company shirt on, so she's ready for oh wow Forrest Gump on closing night. She might. I I think she might come out for that. So (laughs) (laughs) she'll um she'll go up to the respective balcony. I would imagine she will be up there just hanging out, and if anybody puts on their phone, she will come out and say, hey, Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and do. I yeah. love Nick's show. Hey, by the way, I've been getting a lot of feedback about this, uh, the, the stuff that we did here. And gentlemen, Michael Bolton. So, uh, there have been a lot of people yeah. <laughs> who are like, are you guys seriously going to follow Michael Bolton around? <laughs> yeah, we're going to follow Michael Bolton around. <laughs> Catch us at the shows. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, where was it? The, where, where were we going to go? Spain, right? We were going to Spain. Yeah, Portugal, they, he Portugal had a, right? He had a few. All he had uh, Portugal and Spain. Bulgaria was one. <laughs> Bulgaria, that's right. But, that, uh, was, that was the one. But locally, he was going to be in San Diego. Right, right. He's going yeah. like San Diego, L.A., and then he's jumping over to Europe. One of the emails that I got was like, "You guys seriously big Michael Bolton fans?" I'm like, "No, no." Yes, huge and gentlemen, Michael Bolton. <laughs> that's not right. Oh, my God. All right. Um, so we were talking about uh, solutions that make things worse. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I wanted to mention here, the first one here that I wanted to mention, and you take a look at this, is the automatic toilet cleaner. Now, these things, I, yes. you know, these things, I guess people use them, right? You, you clip them onto the rim of your toilet mm-hmm. so that when you flush, the water that comes through there gets filtered through the, the little... Uh, urinal cake or whatever it is and it turns right. the water blue as you flush yeah um so it says you get to feel like a real adult but you are bare and you're barely you barely lift a finger but not only do the drop-in cleaners generally are, are ineffective but they leave your toilet looking more stained from the dyes and even worse they pose a hazard to the inner parts of your tank Ooh. and they can make your make your pets sick whenever they drink from the alluring blue water <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I've never really understood how those really work. I mean, I get it because it's cleaner that's running every time, but yeah. Well, there's it just two kinds, right? Feel there's, clean. There's two kinds. There's there's the ones that you drop into the tank, the actual tank. Mm, okay. And then the yeah, ones yeah. that you clip onto the side of the toilet. Right. You know. 
And I've seen there's new ones where you just, it's like a gel thing that you pop into the, the, the bottom of the toilet. And then it just, it's gel. So then it just, it, it eventually dissolves. dissolves. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, the ones that, the ones that you would clip onto the side of the toilet when I was a kid, I used to like to pee on those. Oh, cool. You would pee. You would pee on them. You're then... you're really working. It's really working double time for you. <laughs> it's like, oh, good! I get to pee blue. So you would pee on the you would pee on the thing on the side of the toilet, and it would be blue. That's like that's like what. Uh, trust me, a lot of guys who go to the bathrooms at bars or at places like that, they will pee on the urinal cake. It's a target. It's like, hey, let's hmm. pee. Let's pee on the urinal cake. Yeah, I could. That makes sense. Makes complete sense. <laughs> so, have you ever used? Do you ever use the drop-in little uh, little cleaners or anything like that? No, no, I never use them because, again, I don't. I don't think they really do much. Yeah, I guess it's maybe so I'll tricking. Just clean the toilet. <laughs> yeah, like you're supposed to. Like you're like a yeah. yeah. But, but I, I guess maybe they trick you because hey, it's blue. Oh, you know what I mean? Right. And then if there's an aroma, like oh, it's clean. It smells <laughs> nice. It's like no, that's right. really not. <laughs> If anything, that's just covering up right. whatever, and it's not really cleaning. Yeah, it's the yes. illusion of cleaning. You got it. You got to get the. You got to get the. You know. You got to get the the cleanser. You got to get the brush and suck it up, man. That's how you got to mm-hmm. clean your toilet. You can't drop a, a disc into the into the tank and go. All right, we're done. Right? No. Uh, Put the know. work in. Put the work in. Don't just don't <laughs> pee on the thing. You know. So clean. That's it. All right. Well, that doesn't work. All right. Any, any, anything else popping out at you here about uh, solutions that don't really work? Well, I had heard this, um, but I don't really uh, get eggs like this, fresh, fresh, fresh eggs. But apparently you're not supposed to be washing them before you store them. So if you get, you know, fresh from the farm eggs, they have like, you know, dirt and goo on them. Yeah. Of some kind, some kind of film. And you would think, oh, no, I should clean these before I put them in my fridge or whatever. And because they are fresh, you can uh, not, you don't have to keep them in the fridge. Right. Um, if they don't have that film or whatever. But if you wash them, you've ruined them. <laughs> so that, They so... apparently have a natural protective coating on them. So that goo or whatever it is, it is, is a natural protective coating that helps the egg not spoil as quickly oh i see so uh, uh i mean if you're if you wash them and then refrigerate them that's the problem if you wash them and then cook them right away you're okay um well no so if you've washed off this layer yeah you got to put them in the fridge y- yeah because oh, you're okay. screwed you, you okay. messed them up oh okay um and then if you don't wash them you can keep them in your cupboard Oh no! Not, it no, sounds I, crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. It's weird to me because I know people who do that with butter too. I know people who don't refrigerate. Yeah, butter. I know. Well, you know, because butter is so, especially stick butter. I mean, it, it's just solid. Yeah. So yeah, if you keep it in a little thingy, they got little uh, butter little butter dishes. Can, exactly, yeah. a little butter dish that you can leave on your counter instead of putting it in the fridge. And I don't know. I mean, I grew up, you know, with butter in the fridge. Um, Mm-hmm. And so it's all, it's weird. I mean, I, I know it's perfectly fine. You know how I am about my dairy, Esmeralda. I'm very serious about my dairy. Right. You love your milk. <laughs> I do. I do. But uh, but yeah, I I've um I I keep my my, my butter is in the fridge. Hmm. Um, but we used to do the uh, when you know when I was growing up and um we had like the 
the imitation, you know, the country crock kind of stuff too as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had that. And that comes in a tub. And then you can use the tub for uh, leftovers. Right. Which is, you got to reuse. Got to reuse it. You got your country crock tubs and your, you know, your cool whip containers. It's also a nice, I mean, if you get the big one, the big thing of country crock, that's a good sized container. You can put a whole batch of, of chili. In, yeah, it's a good, it's a good, uh, a good yeah. little container. I, my, my mom still job, got those. Good job, Country Crock. My mom still got those. <laughs> I go over to her place and she's got those plastic. She recycles all, uses all those plastic containers. Oh, yeah. They're all like in her cabinets. And I'm like, I, can, you can throw some of this stuff out. And, you know. She's like, no, these are no, great containers. No. See, you never know when we're going to get it. We're going to, we're going to get a run on chili. I'm like, all right, mom. Yeah. See, you know, I, you know that like I'm an only child and it's just me and dad and you, mom, you don't have to make. 45 yeah, well. gallons of chili. <laughs> yeah, well, what's the point, though? Yeah. You got to make a lot of chili. <laughs> oh, man. Then you got to um, put it in your country crock containers. Yeah. Did you grow up with the country crock containers in the fridge? Was that a... Yeah. For the, for the leftovers? Yeah, yeah. We were... We would... Uh, crunchy crock and... Um, uh, I think in the later years, I can't believe it's not butter. Ah, yes. Yes. Yeah. And then my parents, they shop at... Uh, Sam's Club. So then, yeah, of course, they get giant oh. containers. There's, so there's to big... the point where my mom keeps a smaller butter container to transfer over butter <laughs> because there's so much of it. It's like just a giant. It's a little ridiculous to like pull out and use. Right. So right, you right. then put it in a smaller butter <laughs> container. So she's making her own like sing, you know, servings. Yeah. Small serving uh, butter fantastic. containers. That is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, my parents uh they they'll get like cases of water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like some, you know, like someone will obviously bring it into the apartment for them who lives in the building cuz you know, um you know, like my parents are old. My dad is like 80, could be 82 in September. My mom's going to be 80 next year. And so, like, there are, you know, like, when they get, like, water, they have people bring it out to the car, and then, they, you know, somebody brings it into the apartment for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I walk in there, and there's, like, there's, like, a fucking stack of water, like, cases of water. Hey, you want a case of water? I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> do you really? Like, it's, it's like, I mean. like, do you have this just to give it to people? Like, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I'm like, where, who's drinking? There's only two of you here. This case of water is going to last all year. And they're like, no, you never know when you need more water. I'm like, all right, I, I, all right. I mean, they're not that wrong. Yeah. Especially if you don't trust your water source. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, so I guess. Yeah. But yeah, there's. Do they, they just use it for drinking or do they use they, it to cook with? They, they also, yeah, my mom uses it to cook with. My dad, you know, but they both drink it and they feed it to the cat. That's the water that the cat Wow. Drinks. No tap water for no tap water for Max. I was gonna say we just use tap water. Right. We have a, yeah. a Brita container in the no. fridge that we no. fill. <laughs> no, that's a that's that's no. They, it's it's a bottled water for uh, for Max. Sometimes Goodness. they put they put ice in the water for him to cool it down. Oh, yeah, yeah. very high class. Yeah. And Max is <laughs> Max is getting old though. Max is an old cat. He's like mm-hmm. seven. He's like seventeen now. And his brother passed away during the pandemic. They they mm. my parents they lost. Um, Blue was his was his brother. And so for 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 you know for months Max was lost. You know you know what I mean like wondering oh, where, yeah. where the other cat was and it was terrible. It was really sad. But now he's like old and grumpy. Like he's an old grumpy cat. Mm-hmm. And he's got like a, a cardboard egg box that they have like on the side in the living room that he likes. So they put a blanket in there for him. 
And now yeah. he's in, he's in there all the time. Like you go, hey, and he looks up, and goes, fuck off, you know, because he's old. Yeah, it's like I'm sleeping. <laughs> That's right. What do I you mean, want? <laughs> I mean, it's like this egg box doesn't look great in the living room, and the cat's like, fuck off, this is my house. I don't care how it looks. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You have company come over and go, why is there an egg case? You know, a case of you know, like the egg boxes cases. Why is there one and of the, the cats? Cats like mind your business. Max is like, fuck <laughs> off. I live here. It's my hut. I'm 17. Blow me. What is 17 times seven? I don't even know, but that's how old he is. Uh, four, seven times nine, seven. 142. A hundred and. 114. Right? <laughs> is it 114? I don't know. Uh, anyway, he's old. 119. So, okay, he's 119. So let him live in his box. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Let him just be. I can't believe he's 17 years old, that cat. He's a cool cat, though, man. He's a cool cat. Can't do what he yeah. used to do. Can't jump up on the table that much anymore. Right. You know. It's kind of nice Yeah. having an older cat in that sense. Yeah. Because they don't mess up. <laughs> they don't mess up anything. And my, like... and, my, and my parents are old. So it's like they have yeah. an old cat. You know what I mean? They're like, ah, eh, the cat's yeah, like, like them. The cat's like, leave me alone. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> So, but Max is a cool cat. He used to hate me. Cat used to hate mm-hmm. me. He loves me now, but but um, yeah, well, I don't know. I, I mean, don't even you know, know in in your old age and in, in right. his old as age. I, as <laughs> I get older, you know, like he's like, oh, I like you now. I didn't like you when you were like in your thirties. So fuck off, you know. It's like you were, you're, you're, you're good now. In your forties, you you were you were a young <laughs> punk in your forties. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was like that. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I was ninety four. Remember when I was ninety four. So. I was a, a young whippersnapper. <laughs> I used to be able to jump on the kitchen table. God damn it. Now I need a chair to get on the chair to get on the table. And that's what they have to do now. Like he gets to jump on the chair and then the chair to wow. the table. He used to be able to go from floor to table. Now it's mm-hmm. floor, floor to chair, chair to table now. Mm. So, But he still eats. He still is like, Rah! he yells all the time. Yeah. Goes, goes in the window. Oh, stairs. well, of course. He's an old man. He is. He's like, God damn it. It's the na- right to yell at people. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, yeah. Oh, Max. But, uh, uh, and how old is your, how old is your cat? Your cat's, what, like? Um, he's about, uh, 11. I 11. Believe. Okay. 10, 11, something like that. Mm-hmm. So that would make him 70. So he's like 70 mm-hmm. years old. All right. He's getting up there. Does he, does he yeah. act like an old man? No, not at all. He's still pretty spry. Is he? Jumping around, running around. Yeah. Did your cat do crazy shit in the middle of the night? You ever have one? Is it, you ever have a cat um, that did yeah. that kind of shit? He gets yeah. the zoomies. Yeah, he gets the zoomies and he Wait, wait zoomies? Runs what, around. Explain to yeah, people what the zoomies are. That's the name of, <laughs> of that. It's called the zoomies. The when zoomies. they run around? When they just run around yeah. the house? They call the, that's a yeah, na- yeah. There's a name for it? I've never heard that before. Yeah, there's a name for it. <laughs> The zoo, the zoo. I like that. That makes mm-hmm. sense. That's a perfect description. How long has that phrase been around? How have I never heard that? Uh, wow, that's been around for a while. I think. Has it really? Yeah. Wow. The zoomies. I'm just like, oh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to. I, I mean, there's like variations on it, but yeah. I had a cat. I had, a, I had two cats, uh, Bangs and Jackass, for many years. Mm-hmm. And Jackass earned his name because we didn't. When we got the cats as kittens, one of them, I was like, I want to name him after my favorite music writer lester bangs so we called him bangs and we couldn't think of a name for the other one except for like two days after having the cat in the house the kitten in the house he acted like a jack he was an idiot the cat was an idiot Mm -hmm. so we called him jackass 
And Jackass, nice. Bangs didn't have it, but Jackass had the zoomies. Yeah. Like, like knocking shit over in the middle of the night. Like, you jump up on yeah. shit, like, knock books over and table. You know, like, like what the fuck? You know, like, you <laughs> God forbid there's any glass products anywhere near. Oh, yeah. You have to be careful. Yeah. Does you kind of that... start to get to know, like, you'll see them. Like, they get this look in their eye and, like, all twitchy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh god I like, oh, to there you. he goes it's about speaking to start of, speaking of cats Esmeralda check this out so you know theater 2 is the small like 75 seat theater at the music mm-hmm. box there's the big 750 seat theater and then the small little one so you can rent that theater out Esmeralda for a pretty, oh. pretty, a pretty reasonable rate you can rent mm-hmm. the theater out bring a, a DVD or a Blu-ray of any movie you want to watch you can invite all your friends and have it for a party oh, wow. so they do like kids birthday parties and they watch Frozen and shit you know so that all the kids show up and so mm-hmm. uh, one of the nights of the of the uh, the festival Saturday was it Friday night or Saturday night one of those nights somebody rented out the goddamn small theater and showed the movie version of Cats oh lord and people were in <laughs> costume and they were running around in costume Oh, and yikes. like it was, un- I wonder if it was, it was the butthole version. It, I don't know which version it was. I'm not sure if it was the butthole <laughs> or the no butthole. But but they rent so they sh- so, so you can rent out and show whatever the fuck you want. So you know you can invite your friends and if you want to charge your friends, you know, charge them ten bucks a head. That pays for the rental of the theater. You know, yeah. You could bring in food. They brought in food and they were all dressed up like cats, full on. Uh, oh, and it was God. very theatrical. They were out in the lobby dancing around, and it was really weird because you had all these people there to see like a Zemeckis movie. And mm-hmm. then suddenly there's cats running like, what the hell is going on? And it was very weird. <laughs> and someone told me that they were very theatrical, like one of the managers and one of the people that works at there stepped in the back just to watch what was happening in the theater. Because, of course, you have mm-hmm. to. You know what I mean? Yeah, I want to see what these people are doing. So one of the guys told me that he went in to watch it, and they were dan- singing and dancing in the theater to the movie, which makes sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what you do, midnight show, Rocky I mean, Horror, everything. They have it. the if they have the costumes on, come on. Yeah. You're gonna <laughs> But here's are you ready for something that they were doing? Hmm. So <laughs> So someone someone brought they the like a group of people were assigned to bring laser pointers. Oh god. And they would put them all over the screen and people dressed up like cats would run around and jump at the laser. <laughs> wow. During the movie, they would run around and go after wow. the laser. That's some dedication they have to this this whole party, this whole theme. <laughs> oh man! Oh my God! We should, you know what? We should rent that out as well sometime, and and you know, you should show hackers. Oh God! Yeah. And then everyone must dress up like a hacker. Dress up like a hacker <laughs> and bring some bring some computer old computer equipment from the late nineties. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And bring mm-hmm. a bring a giant cell phone. You know, like <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man, that would be great. And we'll hack things. Yeah. Now we should do that. We should actually rent out that theater and pick a movie and just act like assholes. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. Like we should rent out. Some, we should show some Van Damme movies and then do the splits for for ninety minutes in the theater. That would be great. I mean, we'd have to prep. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you, but I can't do the. Splits. I can't do no. So I would have me? to. I'd have to do a whole uh, preparation <laughs> or a months whole ahead regi- of time. Or a whole regiment <laughs> would have to be done. Yeah. Yeah. I can't cross my legs, Esmeralda. That's how fucked up I am. Uh, all right. Well, so, all right. I, you should probably start now. All right. <laughs> start well, anyway, I did, it was a very surreal. It was very surreal to have a, a, a like mm. I don't know sixty people running around the theater dressed up like cats, and then inside, 
you know, in the lobby. Like we're walk, people are walking in to see. I don't know what it was. Uh, maybe romancing the stone or something. They're walking in, going, "What the mm-hmm. fuck? What is happening? <laughs> is there a cat in romancing uh, the stone that I don't God. know about? Is it? And, and there yeah, is a cat. There actually is a cat. as the cat. Yeah. Somebody asked. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right. Oh, my dad is here. He's got a joke. Hold on. Oh, very nice. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell. Hi, Carrie. I love Nick's show. All right, all right. My dad. It's the best part of the week, baby. It's time to hear something funny. Here we go with your music intro. Ah! It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. What'd I say? It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Oh, yes! Here we go! Yeah. So you know my dad tells jokes, Esmeralda. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he's very he's well. Got, he's, very well, He does. Too. He does tell them very well. All right. Are you ready for this uh, this joke? Mm-hmm. All right. Dad, go ahead. After 30 years of marriage, my wife still thinks I'm sexy. Every time I walk past her, she says, what an ass. <laughs> <laughs> that was jokey, jokey, jokey time. It was a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad told a joke. Oh, uh, yeah. That sounds about right, though. That sounds, that sounds mm-hmm. about right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. I like that Um, Does he does still think that that's, that's what, a compliment. It, it's a compliment, yeah. Keep thinking. That's good. Good. Well, good. you you know you've been around my parents when my dad starts going off on a joke riff, and my mom just goes, "Oh Jesus!" Like rolls her. Oh no! Yeah, I see the look on her face, and I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> they've been married I over. Si- they've been married over sixty years, Esmeralda. So it's like exactly. You know, it's like, like I get it. My mom's I know, like I 60, see what you're... <laughs> sixty fucking years. I've had to listen to you. <laughs> you guys are just online. At, you guys are just online at Jewel for two minutes. I got this twenty four hours a day. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> now, wait, you got. Oh, oh, before we get out of here, you got uh, some uh, uh, a little bit of Mexican candy. Explain what you're gonna uh, what you're gonna try. Oh yeah, I have a. Um, so it's a chocolate. It's chocolate. <laughs> it's um. It's a layered thing called Cremino, um, and it's just white chocolate and I think just milk chocolate. Mm-hmm. In a little like sandwich, essentially a white chocolate sandwich, with yeah chocolate. Oh, I, I I had no patience. I ate that a while ago, Esmeralda. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, and it's praline. The middle actually, it's not chocolate. My well, it's chocolate and in in hazelnut. Mm. Yeah. So that's nice. And what that is it called? Lovely. What's the brand? Cremino. Cremino. So if you mm-hmm. want uh, if you want some good yeah these are lovely yeah I ate the shit out of that earlier Esmeralda I I, I... <laughs> it's like it was sitting there for it was sitting there for a few weeks I'm like man I can't not mm-hmm. eat this are you kidding me <laughs> how did how is it did it hold up okay for a from a yeah. couple of months yeah yeah I mean it's chocolate chocolate okay. usually I feel in my mind stays right. a little more than the than the fruit flavored kind of stuff that's true I than think the hard right. candies and things like that. Right. All right, cool. So, uh, uh, what's it called again? Crum, what? Crew? Cremino. Cremino. Of a, a thumbs up on the Cremino. Yeah. All right, cool. Ooh, quite nice. All it's right. not too sweet. Not too sweet. The white chocolate. Um. Sometimes when you eat white chocolate, it's like really sweet. True. And this one's this one's good. It's got a nice right. overall sweetness. Okay. Cool. 
All right. Well, uh, all right. Thanks, Esmeralda. Thanks to my dad for telling a joke. Thanks to Carrie Russell. <laughs> uh, if you would like to uh, <laughs> request a, uh, a megaphone message, any, anytime, 773-417-6948 for voicemail. Nick D Podcast for Gmail, uh, at Gmail uh, is the way to go. Jason Skaggs, thank you. Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits, rate and review us on every platform. Uh, check us out next time. Amy Guth is going to be my guest, the lovely Amy Guth. Nice. Uh, from Crane's nice. Business Daily Gist Podcast. we got a lot to talk about there. And my thanks to Al Snow from the WWE. Uh, Al Snow, professional wrestler. Mm. That was fun. And we'll, we'll see you next time on the, uh, the Nick D Podcast, Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Thank you. <laughs>